Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 606 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the City of Vineland. It's KB coming at you from Underground Studios, and we got an OG on the show tonight. He was tweeting about his Sixers Ooh. Twitter era. Ooh. And Matt's got a lot of schoolwork with the semester starting. Damn, so damn. I said, let's, let's hop out the motherfucking Porsche. It, it's like, like Justin fate. Anderson. It's fate, man. It's fate. And bring the boy Dom. Rare ones know that reference. Oh, my God, Kyle. What is going on? <laughs> What's going on, brother? Man, what an intro. I don't deserve that, man. I left you guys. <laughs> I left you guys in the dust. I don't do the main pod anymore. I, I don't know. But, no, it's good to be back, man. It's good to be back. And I think, you know, I was I was texting some people today. I said, Tonight might be one of those nights that goes down as one of the best episodes we've had in a long Stop. time. Don't patronize me. Just based on the content we've gotten mm-hmm. from our teams alone. And we're going to get into all of it from the Eagles and the press conference today to the Sixers and Joel Embiid dropping a 70-piece on Brett Brown, Popovich, and the Spurs. We're going to get into Reese Hoskins heading to Milwaukee and a whole lot more. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. You can follow Dom on Twitter at a Harry Ape FUT. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow, helps more people find the podcast, all of our shows on our network, and of course, it helps us hit new milestones and lets us do more dope stuff with and for you guys, so keep subscribing on audio uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or anything in between. And of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's where you get full video episodes of every show on this network as Dom's camera has messed up. That's been happening. We're trying to figure out why it's been happening. But as I was saying, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. There he is. The camera is back. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia so you can see our faces and every show on this network, original video content, shorts, clips, live streams, you name it, it's on our YouTube channel. And uh, we're at 725 subscribers on the YouTube channel now. Trying to get to 800 before the end of the month. We need a little push here with seven days remaining, but I think it's possible. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. And, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And, Dom, the last time you were in studio... We announced that the city of Vinyl was getting on board with us. 
City of Vineland said, we like what you guys are doing. We love it. We're buying back in for another year. So they are, again, the presenting sponsor in 2024 moving forward. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. And the calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. Through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always a growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Like Take a breath. Saying. Take <sighs> a breath, dude. Oh, my God. Whew. Yeah, look at how far we've come. Look at that. <laughs> look at us. Now, you know what's cool? It's like it's nice to be on the main pod and still hear some of the same sponsors back when I was on the main pod. So shout still out rocking to all with us, the, OGs. the OG sponsors. And uh, – just like back in the day when it was every single team dropping some sort of news, that's the type of week we've had. It feels like we lived an entire month just in the past couple of days with Philly sports and everything that has gone on. Dom, being that you're back on, I'll let you have your choice. Do we want to kick things off with the end of your press conference with one Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni that was rudely interrupted by Adam Schefter kind of announcing our new defensive coordinator? Or do we want to kick it off with Sixers Twitter, Dom? I want to save Sixers Twitter down. Let's. I didn't know that the Eagles had a press conference today. I've. i I'm too disappointed. I am. You know. I'm still I wallowing in sorrow. You know. So like. I mean, I was also focused on work. So it's the end of the semester. A lot of grades have to get in, and finals are being given this week. So the last thing I was I was focused on are off season Eagles press conferences. But apparently, this one got a little crazy. It was a little juicy, a little juicy. So the Eagles, and it's brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company, where you can gear up for the Eagles for next season. You can gear up for the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies. And you can support your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast because our merch is exclusively at phiapparel.co. From shirts to hoodies, everything in between. We've got athletes rocking our gear. We've got influencers rocking our gear now. And uh, it's pretty cool when you see them out and about rocking our gear. Uh, and you can do the same when you go to phiapparel.co. Fill up your cart with everything in there. And uh, when you get your shirts, your hoodies... Go to checkout. Use code UNDERGROUND at checkout for 10% off your order. Most effective and direct way to support us. There's Underground Sports Philadelphia shirts and hoodies. Outside the box, top bin, streamer season. Uh, we have F1 merch coming for our F1 podcast very soon. And obviously, Get in the Hole has their merch as well. That's phiapparel.co, code UNDERGROUND for 10% off your order. Uh, so obviously, since the Eagles season has ended, they've cleaned house minus Nick Sirianni as Brian Johnson is gone, Matt Patricia is gone, and Sean Desai is gone. And before the press conference even started today, it was delayed. Nick Sirianni and Jeffrey Lurie were having a meeting along with Howie Roseman, and everyone was like, well, that's not good. What, what, what happens if Howie walks out without Jeffrey, without uh, Nick Sirianni they walk out together obviously and then about halfway through the press conference I'm just scrolling Twitter trying to get the the good quotes from the the trusted journalists that cover this team in this city um, and I follow the Miami Dolphins they're they're 
my AFC team that I like to root for. They put out a press release saying that the team and Vic Fangio have mutually agreed to part ways, to which then Adam Schefter tweets the same thing, followed by, he is now the front runner to be the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. So essentially Vic Fangio's coming home. He's from Scranton, grew up an Eagles fan, grew up a Phillies fan, and he's going to be the defensive coordinator. Now here's why this drives me absolutely insane, Dom, because... Vic Fangio was in the building last year as a defensive consultant, was hired on a two-week contract to help the offense gear up and prepare for the Kansas City Chiefs defense because Vic Fangio used to be the head coach of the Broncos, saw the Chiefs a ton in his tenure there. And then because Jonathan Gannon and Monty Osenfort were canoodling behind the Eagles' backs to get him to go be the head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, we didn't know that was happening, so then Vic Fangio left and got a defensive coordinator job with the Miami Dolphins this past season, left the building. We lose out on not only Gannon, Vic Fangio. We then hire a Vic Fangio disciple. And for those that don't know, Vic Fangio disciples just don't work in the NFL for whatever reason. See Chargers former head coach Brandon Staley. Uh, and then we end up with the mess that we had this year defensively. And now Vic Fangio is back in the building after all of this allegedly going to be the next defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, so is the is the Schefter tweet like actual confirmation or is it still all just speculation because it's he he he's parting ways with Miami. So it was he's mutually parting ways with Miami and I've since seen tweets from other NFL insiders saying it was so that he can the the Dolphins were granting him that permission so that he could be closer to home followed with he's the, mm. the favorite to be the like no contract is necessarily signed yet but he is the front runner and yeah, yeah, yeah. jimmy kemsky asked howie roseman about it in the press conference once news kind of made its way into the press conference and how he said we've got a long list of candidates to look over blah 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 kind of the the gm speak answer but it feels like Vic Fangio is going to be the next defensive coordinator, which is the type of coach that the Eagles need to hire on both sides of the ball. Because Nick Sirianni in his press conference today basically said, the next OC is the guy that's going to be doing the game playing, that's going to be in charge of the offense, going to be calling the plays. And a lot of Eagles fans took that the wrong way because that's what they do. And viewed it as so what's Sirianni's job then is he just here to motivate blah 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 and obviously uh you've seen it and I've been going to war uh in the comments and the quote tweets of one WIP recently because their clickbait and caller bait content is just absolute garbage um and one of their hosts tweeted today something that made me absolutely cackle that um he said, I honestly feel bad for Nick Sirianni. His role moving forward appears to be nothing more than motivator, messenger, and someone who takes the hit for the players, coaches, GM. There's no reason for him to still be the head coach. To which Kos, Costa on Twitter, uh, part of Sixers Twitter, she quote tweeted <laughs> the tweet with, congratulations, you just defined what Wikipedia calls a head coach. I'm very confused, dude. Like, <laughs> as somebody who had like deals with the coaching staff, like he as a head coach, that's what you need to be there for. 
listen, you have the final say over, you know, the identity of the offense and the defense, but you don't have to spend your time racking your brain to create and formulate a playbook for them. And then also worry about the plays you're calling while you're trying to deal with all the egos and personalities of your players as the game unfolds. It's just too much for your brain. So you have coordinators and they handle the bulk of that in-game action and the head coaches there motivate the players players who are playing bad get their heads back in the game if shit falls apart you take the hit like that's what a head coach does Sirianni does this right <clears throat> have we said a lot of emotion filled fueled uh statements I mean I have I'm maybe not in writing but I've said it to some people I've kind of thought about it I've I've tease the idea of a new head coach but when you really sit down and think about it right and you're trying to put the blame on something that that happened this year like somebody always has to take the blame right and it's normally like the guy front and center and Sirianni does that he takes the hit for everybody you see how everybody on the team capes for him they love him they love him I think that speaks volumes to what the head coach is doing there right uh I think that if anybody's to blame, it's not the quarterback. It's not the head coach. It's the coordinators. You see it. They, the Eagles failed to adjust, and you have to do that within the game plan. And, and that is done from the coaching staff saying something into the ear of the quarterback, saying something into the ear of the guys on the defensive end that are making some of the calls. Like, that is the most important thing. And if you don't have that, what are we doing as a team? Oh, and not to mention that, um, you know, two of the four remaining head coaches in the NFL playoffs right now that are going to be playing for a ticket to the Super Bowl are in the same exact position that Nick Sirianni will find himself in next year that everyone on NFL Twitter is defining as a CEO head coach rather than a play-calling head coach. You're kind of overseeing everything. You're the CEO of the team. How it should be. You know who, you know who those coaches are? It would be one Mr. Harbaugh who used to be the special teams coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles and has been with the Ravens for 16 seasons and has won a Super Bowl, and one Dan Campbell, who reminds me a hell of a lot of Nick Sirianni, just a little less raspy of a voice, same energy, less kneecap biting from Sirianni, but both hired, same year, both don't call plays, but they're both exceptional motivators, and they get guys to believe in what they're trying to put on for their teams. Mm -hmm. That's what you want from a head coach. Yep. And I think it's going to take a whole hell of a lot more stress off of Sirianni's shoulders this year, knowing that whoever his coordinators are will not be learning on the fly like Brian Johnson was. He took the flop in the press conference for the Desai-Patricia situation. So good on him for owning up to that at least. But I think going into next year, like – the talent on this roster speaks for itself. You don't have two thousand yard receiving receivers, a one thousand yard rusher for the first time in their career, and a quarterback set a franchise record for touchdowns in a season if they didn't have talent based on what we were seeing schematically from this offense. Yeah. I mean play calling head coaches, I feel like are a little old school. Like that like that's like the old fashioned, you know, what you saw in the NFL and like that's what, you know, they don't good old ask. good old football is, right? No, it, like in a in a modern day like kind of sports organization, 
you've got the guys at the top that want the team to be successful. So they're going to have a vision for the team. And, and the Eagles vision is obviously a hierarchical, you know, kind of organization where the head coach kind of oversees everything. He has the vision, right? And, and one thing that a team, especially a team that starts to struggle right off of coming off, like playing some of the best years that we've seen, you know, since they won the Super Bowl is you need continuity, right? You can't have a revolving door of head coaches that just keep coming in and out because you're changing systems. You're, you've got different types of identities that the head coaches want the teams to play in team to play as and then you know you got player roulette and then you you're just stuck in mediocrity for decades right and you you need that head coach's vision to come to fruition right give him a couple years see what happens and 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 uh you know i think that the eagles want to continue that right and obviously when we're failing to make adjustments. You think Sirianni, who's an NFL head coach, is not on that sideline talking to his like assistant coaches and coordinators? Like, dude, we got to do this. We got to like figure some shit out. And there's got to be butt heads on on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And who who's the GM going to take take sides with? The head coach or an offensive or defensive coordinator? If you're not seeing eye to eye with the head coach, see, ya, we're going to go with somebody else. That's, that's how a coaching staff is run. That's how, a, that's how a successful coaching staff is run. And, I mean, I saw a stat today that, you know, Jalen Hurts finished this season 27th in turnovers in the league from quarterbacks, but had the fourth, like, least percentage in turnoverable plays. Just un- unbelievably ridiculous, unfortunate luck in so many instances on his interceptions, his fumbles. Like, the one that was highlighted was the game against Washington where the ball bounces off the heel of Dallas Goddard and into the hands of the commander's defender. Mm -hmm. Like, that is like a a once-in-a-lifetime turnover for that guy from the commanders. You never see that happen. So, I mean, a lot of dumb luck happened. Matt and I have talked about where this year's Eagles team felt a lot like the 2022 Minnesota Vikings, where they won a lot of close games, negative score differential at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and then the bubble finally just popped. Yep, That's what they were dealing with. They, they were backs against the wall all year in terms of just like continuity, in terms of coaches learning on the fly, and there was just no creativity offensively. Kirk Cousins was dealing with a rib injury that season as well. So Jalen's it's probably it, dealing with know, a knee injury for exactly, yeah, most of, right? if not all of this season. Yeah. A lot of his interceptions came off of when he moved out of the pocket and we're throwing on the run across his body. Running of a lot foot, slower. You know? Yeah. It, it, you know, it, obviously you could tell that something was wrong once that knee injury kicked in. So, uh, you know, give him the off season again. That's another reason why you can't blame the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Let him come back. He had a, he had a weird year. He's had like, exceptionally good stats. Like if you compare him with some of the other top quarterbacks in the league, he, he still goes toe to toe. He had a better statistical season than Patrick Mahomes this year. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I don't know why people are so angry at him either. You know, we, I think we, we, we've already talked about it at the beginning. And I mean, do you think that this new defensive coordinator, if he, if he does decide to, or if it, it, it is true, right. He, he does become the Eagles defensive coordinator. Is that good for us? I think it is, um, especially in a sense of what Eagles fans have been clamoring for for years, decades even, is prioritizing the linebacker. 
because in Vic Fangio's system, you need good linebackers for it to succeed. Um, I'm going to try to pull up this one tweet I saw about his um, about the Dolphins' defense statistically, like where they finished and everything this year. Mm-hmm. Everything, they, they were a top 10 overall defense at the end of the year. Yeah. Can I, can I just say this? If I'm not mistaken, didn't Derek Barnett have a uh, career year this year? Yeah, as soon as he left, the Eagles went. To oh, the my God. Teams. It's almost like we need some serious, serious linebackers on the team that can that can do something, huh? He. Um, I mean, we have one. We have a single one. Yeah, N'Kobe Dean, and that's yeah. all we have right now. We had Hassan Reddick playing linebacker because we were so Which shallow. You're going to see a lot more of, but from a pass rushing linebacker yeah. sense, because Fangio's system, you'll see a lot of a traditional four-two-five, but he also runs a hybrid three-four defense. So you're going to see Hassan Reddick off the edge. You're going to see Josh Sweat off the edge. Yeah, he's like an outside linebacker type deal. It's going to be a lot like uh, Demarcus Ware, Cowboys era, when he was kind of a stand-up defensive end. Almost. Very similar type of player. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you'll let Jordan Davis play a traditional nose tackle role with Jalen yeah. Carter and Milton Williams next to him and rotating in, hopefully, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox for their final seasons in Eagles uniforms more than likely. And you'll have – and I think with Fangio, too, you'll get what you got last year defensively in terms of rotations, and that was one thing the Eagles defense just did not do this year, and that's why you saw guys gassed by, like, week 12 – they didn't rotate the defensive line ever. They couldn't get pass rushes. They couldn't get after the quarterback. They weren't creating pressure for the secondary to be able to come up with interceptions. That's what you need from a defensive line like this that is so wildly talented. You need to get after the quarterback, and when guys are in almost every single play and not getting proper substitutions in, they get tired. I think that the Eagles need to prioritize a uh, like a number two corner and a number two safety that's that's what it is like we have a sleigh we have blankenship <laughs> and, and we all know about bradbury so like he's got I, to go i think this season it, it it pretty much showed us like hey your time is done yeah you know you, we were saying after the super bowl oh it's a fluke that that holding call is a fluke and then we saw it this season i don't know how many times and and just failure to stay with your guy. Just sometimes you should be making a one-on-one play. Doesn't make the play. It's, and the defense got to tackle go. to save got our to lives go. this year. The yeah. entire defense looks like they weird. forgot how to tackle. I don't know. I don't know. That's it's so weird, right? I don't get it. I really don't. It was the most frustrating thing as a fan to watch. And you learn that in practice. And Javon Hargrave said when he came back this year and was talking to the media, practice. This year, as he's a member of the 49ers, was grueling compared to what he went through with the Eagles. He said practice for the Eagles was like a walk in the park. That's mm-hmm. got it. That's where everything starts. You yeah. need to have that, that mindset and that culture set in practice. And if you're not going through practice the way you would in a game, it's going to show like it did down the stretch and mm-hmm. you finish one and four. After you start ten and three, yep, hundred percent. The uh, the offensive coordinator position is going to be fascinating, though. 
because I have no idea what direction they're going to go in. They just interviewed Gerard Johnson, who is the Texans quarterback coach for the position. They interviewed Cliff Kingsbury this week, and I find that wildly entertaining. Went to USC after uh, getting banished from the, the Cardinals. And, I mean, you look at the track record of the quarterbacks that Cliff Kingsbury's worked with in his college and pro career, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. A lot of things he can do, I think, that fit with Jalen Hurts' play style as well that can help him succeed. I know a lot of people have been bashing the Cliff Kingsbury scheme and everything. Everything we saw from Cliff Kingsbury, though, in the NFL was him as a head coach. I think if you take a lot of the responsibilities off of his plate, where he's just focused on the offense, he's just focused on what needs to get done on the offensive side of the ball, I think it helps, and I don't think he's somebody that is going to be sought after immediately as a head coach after a year or two, which also helps. You get some continuity at that coordinator position for the first time in a long time, and you allow Jalen to grow with somebody, and I think very similar to Vic Fangio, you need somebody on the offensive side of the ball that is almost a failed head coach but can come in as a coordinator, be here for multiple years before potentially getting another opportunity and help this offense grow together. Like, this offense, outside of the O-line, relatively young. Yeah. I think think the most – I think as Eagles fans, everyone needs to – understand that if we do want continuity at the offensive coordinator position, we're not going to win a Super Bowl next year. You, you need to, like, if, if we switch them out, get right back, like, even if we get there, right, and have just such an amazing season, they're gone. I think people need to understand or be ready for, like, a little more mediocre of a season or a more competitive season throughout just because, you know, it's a work. It's going to be a work in progress. Not with the players. Now we're just trying to figure out the proper scheme and 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 whatnot. Like I'm not saying like fall out of the playoffs, but definitely more than a the first or second round exit. You know, well, we I benefit like, from not winning the division this year because the NFC yeah. East doesn't have repeat division winners ever. So yeah. the Eagles have a shot to win the division next year. Which yeah, is nice. like look, there, there it is, right? Win the division, get to the playoffs, right? And 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 maybe get to the conference finals. And and if we lose, it's not the biggest deal. We keep the coaching staff and we go at it next year. And that's when you take the shot for the Super Bowl if everything kind of falls into place. I think that we just need to be ready for that. Maybe people won't like me for saying that but i do think it's true you can't just go back to the next one we've, we've talked about continuity for the last like i don't know how many minutes you know and that's that's the thing you can't have it if you're that successful right away again and i mean the eagle schedule next year is not a walk in the park per se this is their this is their home schedule this was released again? today um so obviously you have your divisional opponents at home uh but at home outside of the division you have the cleveland browns Fun. Who had the number one defense this year? Fun. You have the potential Bill Belichick led Atlanta Falcons. You have the Carolina Panthers. You have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fun. You have the We Made the Playoffs and Almost Made It to the NFC Championship game, Green Bay Packers. Fun. And you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Great. On the road, you obviously have Stick. your. 
your uh, divisional opponents, but on the road you have Tampa Bay Buccaneers, L.A. Rams, Baltimore Ravens, oh my, oh. Cincinnati Bengals, God. and New Orleans Saints. Why, why does every team have a top wide receiver? Why? Yeah, for the most part, quarterback. <laughs> why? Like, if this is why we need to focus on on getting that secondary and that defense. Like, uh, I, I, do you think DeAndre Swift comes back? I would love DeAndre Swift back. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to be back. One, playing at home, I think he loved that. Two, had the most successful year of his career here. Ran for 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. And I know a lot of people likened the move on draft day when it was made to the Eagles trading for Jay Ajayi in 2017. Here's the one difference. DeAndre Swift is younger than Jay Ajayi was at that point, and DeAndre Swift doesn't have knee issues like it was known Jay Ajayi did. DeAndre Swift's also 24 years old right now. I would give him a two-year contract with an option. Let him play through his year 26 season here. See how it goes. And then move forward with trying to figure out the running back position. I genuinely think DeAndre Swift is the best running back the Eagles have had since Brian Westbrook. More than McCoy. Valid. LaShawn McCoy is number one. Kind of. In his own stratosphere, but yeah, yeah well, I was about Swift, to say <laughs> Swift is probably he, num- number three behind. He's up there. He is definitely up there. I, I don't think Jay has had the longevity. You know what I mean? We look back at that with rose tinted glasses. Yes. However, I got a question. What if they let him walk and they sign Derrick Henry? I would hate that. And I like Derrick Henry, the player. I like Derrick Henry, the dude. I don't know how much gas Derrick Henry has left in the tank. Yeah, and I, I know you said the, the biggest thing that you have in as ammo against that is uh, what you said. DeAndre Swift is 24. Yeah, DeAndre Swift played 24. his year 24 year this year. Derrick Henry's 30. He'll be 31 at the end. So he'll play next year as his year 30 season. Like When we're thinking of other guys that are kind of in the league, like how old's Pacheco? 23? Isaiah is so DeAndre just turned twenty five, so next year will be his okay. age twenty five season. Isaiah is twenty four. He'll be twenty. Yeah. Isaiah will be twenty five. Same, March. same player pool, same, same range, right? And and you hear how people talk about Pacheco in the league, and you see it too. He's one of the most explosive running backs, top three, top four running backs in the league, in my opinion. Like like he's at that point. He's there, and. Swift is 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 up in that stratosphere as well. I think you know, and and I would best case scenario he's is he's back. He's still incredible, right? That, that he was dealing with those injury issues in Detroit, and everybody was questioning his ability. He came to Philly, and look what he did, man! Like you can't just let him go. You got to make sure, like you said, like two years is perfect, right? Two years. Yeah. You know he still has that injury history, so you know you got to be careful. You can't sign him to these big crazy contracts. You know, we learn by example of our divisional rivals, and and you know, you see you see what happened with the Giants and stuff like that. You know, don't get me and wrong. Sa- Saquon is still an incredible player, but like I've seen a bunch when, of when you're throwing the money that. and you're dealing with him missing games every yeah. season, it's crazy. And I've seen people linking Saquon to the Eagles. I do not want that. Like I like Saquon. It's a big hit He's on the salary cap for. He's older. 
playing wise he's older because of the injuries mm-hmm. and i don't want to have to rely on kenny gainwell and boston scott to be filling in in a full-time capacity during mm-hmm. the four to five games that saquon is missing yeah and who knows when those games will be saquon could get injured at the end of a season and he misses the playoffs and then you're without your number one running back mm-hmm. you saw what putting deandre swift behind a competent offensive line did for his career this year Ran for a thousand yards for the first time in his career. I think he had extra motivation by playing at home. He talked about how much he loved playing in Philadelphia. I think if they can come to a mutual, like, pretty solid contract, like a two year with an option year that's a, a team option, I think DeAndre Swift could and should be back. I think he makes this offense way more dynamic. Mm hmm. And I think he liked playing with Jalen. I think Jalen liked playing with him. I think he just fits the overall chemistry of the offense, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's that type of running back that we needed. Yeah. 100%. And I mean, you got him for nothing. Mm hmm. You got him for absolutely nothing. And the trade worked out for both teams because the Lions got Jameer Gibbs and he's been an absolute superstar. Yeah. I would love DeAndre Swift back. Um, But you're going to have to do a lot of renovating on defense, which comes. The draft comes with free agency, mm-hmm. and um, Dom, I'm I'm ready to make you feel old because you know who's an available linebacker in this year's draft that needs to needs to come and play the same town that his dad played for most of his career. Who's up? Jeremiah Trotter Jr. He's good. He's good. He's, he's gonna be he's in the draft good, this year. He's a good football player. Need to draft him. Yeah, that would be incredible. Full circle, little full circle moment, right? Him come play at home. Have oh, Jeremiah Trotter back around the team. One of the more unsung heroes of that defense. Yes. Incredible. You want to talk? Hey, look at us coming full circle on a lot of our conversations. We're talking about the importance of having strong, like tough linebackers on the mm-hmm. team. You know, everybody, everybody wants to talk about you know your Javon Curse and your Brian Dawkins and. You know, hell, if you're if you're a savant, you're going to talk about Lido Shepherd and things like that. And then, oh, no. what about what about what about Jeremiah Trotter? That man was incredible, it's an incredible football player. I mean, look at the teams that are still in the playoffs right now, linebacker wise. 49ers, plethora. The Baltimore Ravens, they are linebacker university. Troy Lions yeah. have solid linebackers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Invested in the linebacker position this offseason, and their defense was unbelievable this year for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career. Yeah. Linebackers matter. <laughs> let's uh, let's invest there, Howie. Let's invest there. Um, I think the Eagles, this is going to be one of the more interesting Eagles offseasons we've had in a while. It's going to be a very widely criticized offseason as well. You're going to see a lot of people overreact to a lot of things. Yeah, which to... is why, which is why you shouldn't be listening to WIP, and you should subscribe to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Click that subscribe button. Oh man, um, isn't there supposed to be some sort of like in, in the online content creation community? Well, WIP is technically technically radio originally too. So and, and so, they're like, like isn't, it, isn't it like the, rolling up? Like how do you I was gonna say like kids? yeah, like isn't it like common courtesy in the content creator realm to kind of respect? all other creators and like not try to talk down to anybody. Oh, yeah. like... I, I <laughs> subscribe, no pun intended to the notion that like content 
digital content creators in particular should be working together. Like say what you want about like the Joe Rogan podcast and everything. Look at any comedian that goes on the Joe Rogan experience. Their career immediately blows up from one uh -huh. appearance on there. And then people start knowing who they are. Oh, I'm going on tour with so-and-so. I found out who you were because you made an appearance there. The, the way that the comedian world kind of functions is how the podcast world should also function because the podcast world is kind of an extension of that because comedians were the original podcasters. There's just an exception when we're talking about this one particular radio station. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and they started as terrestrial radio and they will always be terrestrial radio. Yeah. And there's only a couple digital media places that we will not uh, corroborate with. And Britton yeah. Covey dunked on them today. I don't yeah, know if you saw listen, his tweets. Listen, no, I didn't. But look. because the report that Jeff McLean put out from the Philadelphia Inquirer, who is also catching a lot of shit for jeff mcclain hit pieces um was being quoted on a show by a guy who is notoriously known for being wrong fabricating stories i don't know how he continues to have a job uh but Britton covey did a three tweet thread dunking on them and is saying i've never said these things jalen is one of the best people i've ever been around uh and it was one of the coolest things to see, and I said, I hope Britton Covey is our punt returner forever for this. No. Well, I mean, I kind of deserve it. They're, they're, like you mentioned the, hey, how do you do, kids, like kind of meme. It, it's it's also, you know, the old angry person who doesn't like change and doesn't mm -hmm. like this modern NFL, how the game is played, how the front office works, how the coaching staff works. You know, and, 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 you know, it's your old school Philadelphia hard nose, you know, sports fan type deal. Like you can still love your team to the fullest and still be critical of them in the proper way. And you can still be optimistic. Like that's the thing about being a sports fan, right? You're, you're optimistic. And, and every year you think it's your year. Instead, now we're going to, we're going to slam, you know, the, these players and, and talk about this coach and stir up controversy and be wrong. And you know, it's like I saw a thread from somebody on Twitter this week talking about the top five candidates for the Phillies that will regress this year, bro. We're not even in spring training about, yet. What, what are, are we, we doing? Like, like, like I get it. Like, like Matt and I talk about regressions of teams and things like that, but we're not talking about our team. Like, right, like, and you're doing that I, and, almost and, as like a preseason exercise. And don't get me wrong, like we get we we can be critical, and we can you know also question and 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 give off hot takes and stuff, but at least have some sort of like rational backing behind it. Sometimes a lot of the stuff that you see is just it's not good, man. It's like, it, bro, just can can you put a smile on your face once? Yeah, like exactly. Like enjoy something, live life. It's crazy. Um, Look at the sunset. Like, Literally. come on, dude, like, just do, like, take some time, take a breath. As the kids say, touch a little grass. Go, go watch some birds drink out of a fountain. Or On something. a lap. <laughs> go walk it off. Walk off your ankle. Walk it off. <laughs> some, uh, my mom got me this gift for Christmas. Uh, it looks like a voodoo doll, but the brand name is called a damn it doll. So whenever you get angry, you can just slam it and beat the hell out of it. 
and it won't it's made out of like durable like fabric and stuff so that it won't like rip and break that's but, like, amazing. she gave me one she's like your wife probably wants you to have this for when you play <laughs> video games so i have one she got one for monica as well and whenever we watch the eagles we keep them in our hands and we absolutely hit everything around us with it because you know that's everybody incredible. knows what happened yeah that's amazing <laughs> get one of those man get one of those listen yeah. Not even a sponsor. I'm just talking about them. Facts. Damn it, dolls. Listen, it's you need something, man, because you're just old and bitter. Like that's Life's what it is. You're short. just old and bitter. Yeah. Don't enjoy what we got, man. Enjoy it. Kind of like uh enjoying what the Sixers got. Whoo, that's what we call a Paul Blart, because that was a segue. Oh, a segue. Uh... Listen, the segue <laughs> king is here, baby. You can you can hear a lot more of these awesome segues if you listen to Top Bins FC. Big <laughs> facts. Uh We'll talk about Joel Embiid's uh, 70 burger. It's brought oh to you by God. our pals over at Kenwood Beer, the official beer partner of Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's a refreshing light beer, just 4.1% ABV, only 120 calories, just 8 grams of carbs. And, Dom, I think you'll appreciate these because these are on their website now, these beautiful Kenny Pint glasses that are pristine with that new Kenwood logo. Uh, you can get those on their website, and you can also use the Kenny Finder that's available at KenwoodBeer.com to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, and Maryland areas. You can also get it at your local liquor store in those markets. Got to be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Sixers Twitter Dom made an appearance this week because Joel Embiid set a new franchise record for points in a game, a career high in rebounds, and did it in the presence of Brett Brown. Oh, my. <laughs> and not only that, like, it, 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 oh, my God, like, Covington is on the team again. Like, Furkan is there. Like, it's just, oh, my God. It's, you know, the little Dom, well, not even little, but, like, you know, when I was invested in this shit, like, you know, just sitting there watching and, and, and you know, hoping, you know, to see the Sixers be like this good. And now, like, you want to talk about people still being bitter. We see this just because we, we, you know, we can't we can't get out of the second round. And yes, it's frustrating. But like, look at the team we have, like, enjoy it. Like, it, it, it sucks that like we we could potentially as an organization, you know, be wasting one of the best players in the NBA ever and we're wasting away their prime, but I don't want to focus on that when we're talking about this. Right. I don't want to talk about, you know, you know, the front office and some of the stuff that they do, it's a broken record. If if you've been in this, the Sixers, Mm -hmm. Sixers fan space. Right. So, you know, let's not talk about that, but it seems like they put a good head coach in. Right. Got Nick Dude, Nurse. I love Nick Nurse. He's, he's a wonderful coach. The only reason I disliked him so much is because he he's coached in Toronto. In Toronto. Yeah. He's a great head coach. He's he has changed my entire perspective on the sport of basketball. Yeah. Because I'm like, wow, this is what a competent basketball team does on a night in and night out basis. Yeah. This is what rotations look like. Yeah. This is what using your bench looks like. Uh-huh. And yeah. He has truly gotten the most out of Joel since early Brett Brown days, and even more so now with the 
steps Joel has taken to get to this point in his career. And having Tyrese Maxey alongside him as the second star, shout out Mike Muscala, has only like taken this team this year. And I know Matt jokes about it all the time. It's like, I'm still not back and invested because the 2021 Sixers truly ruined him. Um, <laughs> and he's part of that group I'm talking about. He's he, part of it. He is ruined right now. Listen, just understand. Yeah, you're part of that group, buddy. And, uh, but this team, like, I don't know, like the vibes feel different than they have. Like, they feel more aligned with like 2018 Sixers vibes than in 2019 to 2022. And I think it's partially because obviously Joel Embiid is a superstar a top three player, however you want to rank him, I would say he's one in the NBA. Along with the deepest team he's arguably ever had because of how Daryl Morey fully fleeced the Clippers in the James Harden trade. Yeah. I mean, what the Sixers always wanted, their MO, like, was they needed a superstar point guard, right? A scoring and creating point guard like the guy they want like that's the number two not not whoever's playing on one of the wings right like yeah we we, we talk about tobias harris who is having a wonderful season mm-hmm. this year and he needs to understand that and he needs to just play with that same confidence we've seen him playing with he's not going to be the number two guy though it's it's always been that and 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 you know when 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 the Fultz experiment didn't work out right it, it, we needed it again, and and Maxi just came in, and, and he's just grown into such a solid, like not even solid, like he's above solid, like he is a very good NBA player, and and you know having that kind of point guard that you can run pick and rolls with, pick and pops with, uh, you know off ball screens with, you know, with with Embiid, it just opens up opportunities for both of them. Yeah, can create his own shot. He can create his own shot. How, how many years have we always complained, man, we need shot creators. We need guys that can create their own shot. Give us – like he can do that. He can get to the basket. He can shoot threes. He can shoot threes off the dribble. He, it's just really, really, really good. And, and you know, the culmination of all of this is that your, your superstar player scores 70 points, 70. And, you know, he got like five assists. Some, some of them were some highlight plays, you know. He's not passing the ball like Jokic, but I mean, the man can pass like him. And a and, career and, high in rebounds, eighteen mm-hmm. rebounds. It's incredible. I mean, if he had twenty, it's, it would be such a stupid stat line. Seventy. I mean, twenty would have been. Crazy. And when you look at when you look at all the seventy plus games that have been scored, been nine for everybody at home. Nine and guys. Only three of them are centers. You have David Robinson, you have Joel Embiid, you have Wilt, but like, you know, not everybody holds Wilt's 100 to a certain standard. People put Kobe up there now as the number one guy because, oh, well, we don't have video evidence or this or that or whatever. Like, the man scored 100 points. Come on now. Uh, But, you know, everybody holds all that stuff up there. He's one of two other centers in the modern NBA era to, to, to put up 70 or more. Like, you want to talk about how dominant Shaq always was, right? And all this other stuff. Like, yeah, these guys were dominant. But if you're talking about somebody that can put up some points, somebody that can score the goddamn basketball and and, and play defense and rebound and just be a dominant, dominant force, 
It's Joel Embiid, and he's playing better than his MVP season. Dude, he's averaging, better. He's averaging thirty six point one points per game this year. In thirty six minutes, he's taking a whole quarter off, and he's averaging this many points. It's stupid. Do you want to know what's even more impressive about Joel's 70-point performance? Because I didn't realize this until I was listening to the Pat Bev pod today. Joel had one three-pointer the entire game. It's just dominance in the One three-pointers. One for two from three. Everything else in the paint. Free throws. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to complain about Joel shooting so many free throws. Maybe stop fouling him. Stop. Yeah, he's just too dominant. He's too dominant. <laughs> the thing that frustrates them is that, you know, even not that long ago, right, you don't have a lot of centers that can shoot the ball well. Or because of just, you know, you, you hear it all the time, just the size of their hand compared to the size of the basketball, you know, paired with you know, how the length of their arms and all this other stuff, it makes shooting free throws really difficult, right? Just because you're you're so close to the basket at that height. Right, that it's hard to get the right form down, and and Joel just has a shooter's touch, you know, and and he's able to 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 do it well. So why not get to the line? You can't hack a Shaq. You can't mm-hmm. hack a Joel. You can't do it. You just can't. Every team can can. You learn this from a young age. It's like oh, get the center open because he can't shoot free throws. Let him get the ball in the inbounds late in the game when we're trying to come back. Right. Let the let let him get it. He's terrible at it. You can't do that. Give it to him. Let him go. If he's around the paint, he's getting to the line somehow. Mm-hmm. And if not, you're going to let him go to the basket. That's just how it is. And I think the the best part about this particular Sixers team too is you have the like gritty, been through the mud type of veterans on the bench, like a Patrick Beverly. Like Marcus Morris, Kelly Oubre, Kelly Oubre, who, who's a six man, and he's incredible for us. Give him a contract extension immediately. Mm-hmm. Like you have these guys who I think are motivating Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey in a way that, sure, Tyrese Maxey talks about how James Harden was like a huge influence on him over the past couple of seasons, and that's fantastic. But I think these veterans in particular are pushing these two guys because they know the potential that they both have and they want to see them get to the pinnacle of the NBA, which is obviously hoisting up that NBA Finals trophy and being champions. Well, I'll say this. Like Marcus Morris also played for the Celtics for a little bit, so he knows that and he knows how to get to you know the conference finals. And he grew finals. up a Sixers fan. Yeah, so like and, and, and him and him – and, Pat are like just no nonsense guys at practice. They're going to give it to you. They're going to talk shit. They're going to really get you into that mindset of, of being a true professional and you can't take a day off and you can't, you know, not work at practice and, and, you know, during games and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I really do. I, I agree. Right. Having those types of guys in your organization in that practice and, and kind of push you. And then when they come in the game too, they offer you solid minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to give Pat Beverly his flowers. Can I can I please do it? Because like I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing comments online and tired of hearing people say, you know, the utmost shit about Pat Beverly calling him a mediocre NBA player. And and, you know, he's so bad. Oh, my God, I'd be able to take Pat Beverly like one on one. Let let me see. No, you wouldn't. No. uh -uh. Mm -mm. 
I have two questions. Number one, you know, did you play high school basketball? And then number two, did you score as many points as Pat Beverly did in high school? Because I guarantee you he was the man in high school. And if the high school basketball is the is the pinnacle of your of your playing career, you can't speak about him being a bad player. He's better than you instantly. He's already better than you. There's 450 players that play in the NBA, and those players are worldwide. He's one of the best 450 players in the world because he is constantly on an NBA roster. I don't think there's a single season. I mean, he's been a he's been in the NBA for like 13 straight years. Like, yeah, you're talking about a vet who may not be as athletically gifted or or at a point in his career like some of these other guys you see. Like, but still, he's one of the best 450 players in the world, and he will dog you on the court for 36, 48 minutes if you if you played in an NBA game. If, if even he's been if on you, an NBA roster consistently since 2013, and before that, he was yeah. playing in Ukraine and playing in Greece. Like he's just he's a serious basketball player. And you know why there's always a spot on the on, on, on the roster for him? One, like we just said, he brings that energy all the time. He's no nonsense, he means business, and you see that in his game when he plays too. He he talks to everybody. He, he, refs doesn't matter, coaches doesn't matter. He brings that energy. Number two, he's a dog defensively. He is so good. And and he's always been like that. And 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 that just brings a different dynamic to your team, especially coming off the bench. That's what you want, right? Especially when you – like your sixth man, your seventh man, those are guys that are going to look to – those are the guys that's coming off the bench looking to score the buckets and stuff like that. Pat Bev comes off the bench. He's getting steals. He's helping on defense. He's he's being tenacious and getting the other team off their rocker, and then he'll bring the ball down, run the right thing. You know, he's just very – fundamentally sound and solid and he'll do the make the right decisions and and you know set his teammates up and then he'll score every now and then and he'll get some buckets and he'll have himself a day but you how how do you get off thinking that he's a bad basketball player he's he's not the superstar of the team no he's not scoring the 70 points but what he contributes to the team is 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 priceless it's, those are the intangibles and he said that on his podcast this week, too, where after the game against the Magic uh, that they just recently had down in Orlando, a reporter asked Wendell Carter Jr. Um, about Pat Bev tweeting belt to ass, which I love that that belt is the ass. moniker this love year, the that. belt to ass tour. I love it. Like, Pat Bev is on his Instagram story posting the link to buy Sixers tickets, and the link uh, nickname is belt to ass tour. Like, that's the type of energy that it. this team has it. been lacking. Uh, but a reporter asked Wendell Carter Jr. about it, and he said, you know, I don't think anybody's really worried about Patrick. And he was like, you know, he had, what, five points tonight? And, like, the, it's not really, you know, any of our worry, blah, blah, blah. It's like one, and Pat Bev said, I have a problem with this because that's a loser mentality. He's like, that's a loser mentality. He's like, you were the leading scorer on your team coming off the bench. You had 25 points. The game's not all about points. He was like, you had 25 points and your team lost. I had five points, led the team in rebound or led the team in blocks, had a, a few steals in less minutes, and our team won. He said, my mentors, my senseis told me growing up, it's all about whatever it takes to win. And if you're contributing to that win, 
that's more important than being an I, I, I guy than a Mimi and rather than being a team guy. You know, uh, as a former team guy myself, right? Because like, I was not, <laughs> I was not gifted enough and I didn't work on my game enough to be good when I, when I played in high school. But I was one of those guys that kind of got that, right? I, I understood like whatever it takes to win, I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to be okay with doing that. And, you know, the teammates that respected me for doing that, and showed me respect, you know, at practice and, and when we hung out and all that kind of stuff, those are the guys that got that and understood. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, but I'll say it, I really don't care. Right. It's, it's like you, you, there were way too many guys in our program that were just me, me, me. And I get it. We're young, we're, we're kids. And when you have that kind of like popularity at school and, and, you know, you're the guy and you're scoring all the points. Of course you, you, you feel that way. You have a little bit of ego about yourself and you're all about me, 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 but you know, you can't overlook the other guys. We used to have those conversations all the time. Oh, you only scored, you scored four points, bro. You can't talk. I scored 30. Yeah, but we lost. So did that, what, what that 30 really do? You couldn't score 50 to help us. You only scored 30. Couldn't pass me the ball to, help yeah. you know, extend plays and make sure that yeah. we won the game yeah. at the end of the day it's like cool you had the we we got the same result even if even if you got more points than me more stats than me we still ended up with the same result it's the biggest it's the biggest thing that i'm trying to instill in the teams that i coach these days and and i deal with a lot of ego driven players that that you know kind of don't see eye to eye with me or with their teammates at times because you know either they're not getting involved in the goal scoring but or or you know they did their part and and they're going to blame their teammates for our misfortune right instead of understanding you know i could probably pick out five times where you didn't go all out or 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 you know do something that you know helped contribute to our loss Mm -hmm. you got to be team first the guys with the team first attitude are the guys that end up winning championships right because especially if you're a journeyman vet in the nba the guys that get it and the guys that accept Hey, I'm going to do what's, what's asked of me and I'm going to, you know, contribute to the team's success. You know, when you see when free agency is about to end and, and, you know, everything, the trade deadline in the NBA and stuff like that, the, the, the teams that are in playoff positions or teams that are looking to go all the way, they're the ones that are going to be brought in mm-hmm. or like right when playoffs happen, like, and you can get those last few signings and bring some players in. Like those are the guys that are getting picked up by these championship run teams. Like, of course you got some guys that are in these lower teams that aren't always winning, but like those are the guys that are looking for jobs and trying to keep a job. And they're trying to prove that they're these team first guys so that they get picked up by a successful team so that they can go and win something. Hundred The ego guys, the ego. Yeah. The ego guys find themselves in Europe after a few years because they're, they're stuck on a bench. They're annoyed and then they want more playing time so they can be the guy. So then they go overseas, but it is. Or they're like a former star, and they're not okay with being, you know, the the, the eighth or ninth option off the bench. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say it, but Demarcus Cousins. That's kind of you know when you come back from an injury. I mean, he's we all. I hope to see him back in the NBA at some point, but he's like kind of working after injuries and and trying to get back to that mm-hmm. speed. So like. I have a lot of wishes. I have the best of wishes for them. Like that's a different kind of, you've already proven yourself to be one of those guys in the NBA. So like we, we see what we see what you're doing, but a guy that's never really done anything. Come on now. 
you know, if you're ego, if you're ego driven by that level, you can't, you're not going to be successful. 100%. Only, only, only a very small percentage of, you know, ego driven players can be successful, but then even they still get the part about the team. Mm-hmm. And that's Michael, Michael, Jordan, Michael Jordan was 110% ego driven. Oh, absolutely. He created he, narratives on his own to motivate himself to get to where he was. Same thing with Kobe. But they're also they're on that other side. That's like mm-hmm. you gotta be a little, eh. you gotta be a little, little Oops. weird, yeah. But like you also understand what the team needs. Yep. And he's gonna ask everything out of you, and and he's gonna push you every day, and he's gonna dog you at practice, and he's gonna let you know about it when he's doing it. And that's what makes the greats the greats. You know, it's one of the funniest stories I think in the NBA when Smush Parker was on the Lakers. And Kobe Bryant didn't know his name for an entire season. He was he was literally irrelevant to Kobe Bryant. Literally irrelevant. He just didn't care. He was like, well, who, who are you? Who are you to even talk to me? Even speak to me? That's what have you done? That's the craziest question to be asked by your teammate. What have yes. you done? That's wild. Do you know what I've done? Like Shaq isn't here anymore. You know what I did? Who do you think you are? I am. Who are you? I scored 81 points, dog. The second most in NBA history. Who are you? <laughs> Can't even sniff the same air that I'm breathing. That's crazy, funny. right? That's that's one of my favorite NBA stories. It's so funny. Uh before we, we move to baseball, I wanted to get your take on this because I saw this tweet speaking of L.A. Uh, and one of Pat Bev's former teams, the Clippers. They're building a new arena, and allegedly there's going to be a 21-and-up section in this arena to where you can smoke weed and cigarettes in the arena. <laughs> what? It's like we're going back in time. You got to come out. That room smelling crazy, dude. <laughs> Look, that's the nuttiest part if you think about it. That's great. Like, that's imagine. No, no. So, like, we're we're old enough to to remember what it's like to go out to like a restaurant and and smoking are or smoking not smoking in the restaurant. Yeah, and and I mean, me growing up, my dad smoked cigarettes, so we would sometimes sit in the smoker section. So it's like, you know, especially ones that were partitioned. Remember, like, if you go to a bowling alley. Like if, if it was like non-smoking, but then there was the bar and if the bar was closed off, they opened the door and you just get the just here, just hit by it. Right now, add that with, with weed smell. That's crazy, crazy. dude. And dude, Nuts. imagine being an athlete in that arena, no matter They're, where that's They've got to have some type of elite HVAC in that, in that place dude, <laughs> to let that happen, dude. That's <laughs> like, uh, what is going on in this new arena? What kind of newfangled technology like, is venting Steve Ballmer this room is off his rocker for this one. They can't let any of the doors open up. It's got to be windowed. They can't go the other way. They got to watch the game through a haze. They, <laughs> they can't. It's not going to work. That's nuts, dude. Insane, what? Dude. Indoors? Indoors. Indoors. <laughs> Indoors. No, that's crazy. Like that's what? wild to think about. Like this is true. This is true. This is hundred alleg- percent true. Allegedly. Nuts. Nuts. I'm pretty sure Woj tweeted about it. 
Like, I mean, okay, listen, I get like, you know, as we're moving into, you know, the future and, and, you know, you do see marijuana being legalized and, you know, one of the biggest arguments in, in favor of it is, you know, you treat it like alcohol. It's, like, you know, just somebody else's vice, right? It's, it's what it is like tobacco, like nicotine, like alcohol. That's what people say. So like, I can understand seeing, uh, you know, kind of loose restrictions with regards to like weed smoking clubs and, and weed smoking bars and, and kind of like what you see, like when people talk about going to Amsterdam, you know, you go into the coffee shop and you kind of just sit in the coffee shop and you can do it. Like you just can't obviously walk around, you know, doing it. And that's just like drinking alcohol. So like I can see like where the, whoever's in charge of the business, you know, with, with regards to the Clippers, I can see the vision. I, I understand what you're trying to do because, you know, it's an untapped market at the NBA games. Bro, the upcharges are probably ridiculous too. If, if Like, think about this. Like, first off, if it's if it's a weed smoking club, what, what do you have to bring yours there? Or are they going to sell it on, on premise? That's that's another question that I have. Like, are they offering this stuff like a bar? Are, are people going to be able to bring it in? There's going to, you have to have some type that would of have permit, right? For, for weed, for sure. And the post has been community noted as a fake account. I got I got got because Elon makes you pay for the blue check mark now. So you never know who's a real Woj. Um, but it wouldn't shock oh, so me. Th- so this was fake. This was fake. Kyle. I know. I got got. <sighs> That's crazy. Hey, this is still good. Still a great still exercise for the mind, right? Like, let's let's talk. Let's think about because that it wouldn't shock quick. me what? from from a marijuana perspective for that to happen. Yeah, but but then you have to. The, the question I just asked, I think, is the biggest, like you know, like debunker of the whole thing. It's I like, think it would maybe, be more on an edible or transfusion type of. No, but even level. then, you still have to have the proper the proper paperwork mm-hmm. like like you know you talk about liquor license. Of getting a liquor license yeah you got a liquor license you have to have that and there's got to be zoning and all that other type of stuff that 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 permits that so they would have to have some type of permit or or or, or license or something to sell on premise because mm-hmm. the legalities of of having people bring their own and you know to the place or to the stadium and 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 use it in the stadium and then they have to drive home afterward you know like all this other stuff so it's very weird and and definitely like some municipal court stuff that would probably be brought mm-hmm. up or, or state like at the state level like brought up and and it would it would be a lot of red tape you had to go through to do it but man you probably have if, to implement something how especially like in baseball where it's like you know last call seventh inning that's the last yeah. time you can go buy alcohol gotta, and i could see it happening more at a baseball game than a basketball mm-hmm. game just based off of the pure factor outside yeah. and you could position this lounge football as well for the yeah you, you could position the lounge at a certain space in the stadium where it won't bother all the patrons that are sitting in the other stands it won't bother the athletes because that's a big one mm-hmm. right so because uh, you know the first time they open something like that, everybody's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like Woodstock over there, dude. Like, you're not going to be able to get into it. It's going to be packed. Full capacity. Yeah, it means that means smaller lines in the food lines, and I'm all for it. 
not until 30 minutes later. True. That's why you get then, then, they, then they're all the, everybody in there 30 minutes later will be over there. It's going to be like the meme unless they put like their the own dude in line and then everybody's in line over here. Unless they put their own food vendors in that lounge because then they don't have to go too far. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's crazy to think about. It's an interesting concept. Let us basketball, know what you think in the nuts. YouTube comments. Basketball is, yeah, basketball is crazy. <laughs> I got I got to hey I gotta give credit where it's due. Shout out to uh, Woj D ESPN that got uh, me good, got me good. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. As a as a teacher in the high school, just across that teachers across from the smokers lounge bathroom, <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you, it would just smell crazy, like it. <laughs> The kids coming out of there smell crazy. Ooh. The bathroom in the hallway itself smells crazy. Like, like there's going to be, like, you're going to get hit. Like, if you're trying to take a tour of the stadium, like, think about that. You got your kids with you. You're trying to trying to show them around the whole stadium, and you walk the circle. But then there comes a point where you're just – you hit a wall, and you're just like, oh. Dog, it's going to be like – Come on. Breath. We're going to walk the other way. We got to walk the other way. Come on. We can't go this way. It's going to be like SpongeBob's breath when he ate that disgusting breakfast and I caught the ugly. ugly. Uh, no, we just ugly. stink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody said, why is everybody running away from here? This is the best place to stay. This is the smoking and then they section. Go, oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> We're not ugly. We stink. <laughs> oh, man. If only that would be uh, Speaking of baseball. Uh, let's talk about the fight in Phils because a franchise icon of this iteration of Phillies is departing. It is brought to you by our pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. If you're watching on YouTube, you see Dom's got the Trevor Baptiste Matrix Squirtle Squad. John's on right now. Yo, I had a I had the vision years ago when 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 Tomahawk first got on with us. Like, like Trevor obviously had the vision because these are his glasses. But, like, you see these days a lot of designers are making sunglasses just mm -hmm. like this. You see the kids on TikTok wearing it. Hey, nope. fellow kids, what's going on? <laughs> Tomahawk Shades uh, is the best small batch eyewear in the game because it is the same quality, if not better, than those big eye brand, eyewear brand companies for a fraction of the price from sunglasses to blue light glasses. I know Dom will love this. They got the ski goggles. In stock, ready to rock and roll for those. They got ski goggles? They got ski goggles, brother. I love it. I love it. I love the evolution of the company. I love it. And for everybody out there that needs them, they have prescription lenses as well. They're ready to go. And the blue lights are good. The blue lights are phenomenal. Protecting your eyes. I wear them when I'm watching our favorite sports teams, when I'm editing podcasts. I wear my sunglasses out all the time. I subscribe to the fact that you need sunglasses just as much, if not more, in the wintertime than you do in the summertime. That's like a company mantra for us. Almost everyone that I've asked agrees. You need them just as much in the wintertime as you do in the summertime. That sun is bright. Get your tomahawk shades. And Especially if it snows. Exactly, dude. It is, it is blinding. It'd be like the weekend. Mm-hmm. I saw a I saw a TikTok that kind of went viral. It ended up on my free or no on my wife's for you page, and it, it was like, uh, 
it sucks, you know, being in the winter and being blue-eyed. And, and you know, it, it's kind of insinuating that it's very difficult because of the snow, the light reflecting off the snow. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't have blue eyes. Neither do I. I got sensitive ass eyes. That shit like, still burns. That's it sucks, dude. Oh my god, I I forgot them one day mm -hmm. uh, recently. Oh, when I went outside to go shovel snow, and I'm like, I'm like this trying to. Huh. This. Whoa, dude, this is <laughs> crazy out here. You just came out of the smoking section at the Clippers stadium. <laughs> Damn, dude. Oh my. Oh my god. So bright, can't do the snow, dude. Don't get blinded by the snow light, mm -hmm. the sunlight, and everything in between, and the blue light. Obviously, uh, go to tomahawkshades.com or you can download the Tomahawk Shades app in the App Store, Google Play. They have an app now, it's fantastic. That's the UI cool. is great. Uh, and when you fill up your cart, use promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. That's code USP for 25% off at TomahawkShades.com or Big in discount. the Tomahawk Shades app. They don't give 25% out to just anybody. Get a fourth off your price. Come on, a quarter. A quarter of the price. For those of you who may not be good at math, a quarter. That's 25%. crazy. And it's already a fraction of the big eyewear companies. <laughs> Shout out to Tomahawk Shades. Uh, Reese Hoskins late last night news broke <sighs> Shame. signing with the Milwaukee Brewers on a two-year contract with an opt-out after the first year 17 million dollars a year the big fella headed to Good for him the Midwest to the Milwaukee Brewers and I there's been a lot of discourse amongst Philly sports fans with Reese Hoskins over the years and with this contract signing Reese Hoskins, to me, as Dom was in the mud with Sixers Twitter during the process like we all were, I was deep in the mud in Philly's rebuild era. Reese Hoskins and Aaron Nola, those two guys were the two gems that mm -hmm. made it out and gave us hope when they got called up that there were, there were good days coming. It was like, oh, we, we have dudes. And Reese Hoskins was the first hitter. That made his way up, and it was like, holy shit, like, this guy can hit for power. He's fun. He's easy to, like, root for. He hit 18 home runs in his first 34 games. He's the only player in Major League Baseball history to do that. And he signaled, like, hey, like, good days are coming for this team. Like, mm -hmm. it, it might be a couple more years, but we're, we're going somewhere. And if Reese Hoskins isn't on this team, a lot of people forget that meeting middle of the infield, the last year Bryce Harper was playing for the Nationals. He was hugging up on Reese Hoskins. They were laughing with each other. I fully subscribe to the fact that was the moment Bryce Harper knew he was coming to the Phillies. Without Reese Hoskins and the power surges he went on, Bryce Harper is not here, which more than likely means... JT Real Muto is not here, which more than likely means a Zach Wheeler is not here. Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber are not here. And this team looks nothing like it does right now. They don't go to the 2022 World Series. They don't go to the NLCS in 2023. They don't have these immaculate vibes around them. And it all started with Reese Hoskins. 
not only for everything he did on the field, in the batter's box, but everything he did off the field. A kid from Sacramento who made Philadelphia his home with his wife, who you want to talk about amazing vibes. Jamie Hoskins is the goat of vibes. Throughout the entire postseason 2022, she's going out to random section in the stadium buying beers for fans. The, the charity work that the Hoskins family did throughout their years here for the Muscular Dystrophy Association and everything that they did to raise awareness for that and other charities was second to none. And Reese Hoskins was just such a likable figure in this city for such a long time and in a, in a world where guys don't last for long periods of time anymore on one team. Like it's a rarity that we've had the core four of the Eagles of Kelsey, Lane Johnson, yeah. Fletcher Cox, and BG on that team for as long as they have. It's been a rarity that Aaron Nola and up to this moment, Reese Hoskins have been on the same team for as long as they were. It's, it's a rarity that Joel Embiid has been on the Sixers for as long as he has. For Reese Hoskins to like entrench himself going to Eagles games, going to Sixers games, ringing the bell at a Sixers game, like firmly made Philadelphia's home. That's like true blue what you want from – if you're a fan of any team, you want to see that from an athlete. And, and Reese Hoskins was like – I say it all the time, like Bryce Harper when he came here became the face of the Phillies. But it never took away that Reese Hoskins was the heartbeat and the soul of this Phillies team. And you saw that last year when he threw out that first pitch. Didn't play at all last year. Points to the P on his chest. He's in the dugout for the last game of the season at home. Like, Reese will never have to buy another beer in this city ever again. He's going to be on the wall of fame. And I can almost guarantee you, Reese Hoskins will wear a Phillies uniform before his career is over. Yeah, he'll want to retire. Really, for sure. he, will, he will come back. He will be here again at some point and finish his career in a Phillies uniform. And it just goes to show you the the trials and tribulations that the Phillies farm system went through to get a success story like Reese Hoskins. Kyle, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful tribute. No, seriously, there there should be not not there should be no negative speak. When it comes towards Reese, when it comes to the topic of Reese Hoskins, there should be nobody holding any type of disdain or hate towards him going to a different team. You know, at the end of the day, professional sports is a business. And the organization has certain decisions that they need to make. And I think that this was the right time for both parties. Reese coming back from his injuries seemed like. At the end, when he was at that playoff game at, at home, like he was moving fairly well, right? He's getting along. So rather than kind of not want to pay him an extensive amount of money with the idea that, you know, now he's got this injury, you know, what may happen in the future and not take that risk, let him go get his money elsewhere, right? And he's going to play, like on this yeah, current that, iteration exactly. of the Phillies. Exactly. Bryce he Harper may not is now play. your first baseman. Yeah. There's no real spot for him right now. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you don't want to put him in the outfield. 
especially coming off of an ACL injury. Yeah, (laughs) we've done that before. You don't, you don't, it's not really a third baseman. Like, so, so what do you want him to do? Like, I feel like he's played everywhere in the, in the infield. He's played in the outfield. Like we've got guys there now. So it is what it is. He's going to probably DH from Milwaukee, play some first base. He's not going to DH here because that's where you're going to put Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, it's fine. Like we're like, as a, as, as a team, it's time to make that decision. As a player, it's time to make that decision. We will leave. We will part ways amicably, right? Like, Reese is the guy. You mentioned, you know, all the charity work he did for the city. He loves the city so much. And, and you know, it, it's funny. A lot of people who end up playing for the Phillies organization, especially during good times, they end up saying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, it, everybody talks about Alec Baum. And how you know that I hate this, I hate this stuff. And now he loves the city and he loves playing for the Phillies. So like, you know, you've got all these guys. You know, you see the love that like Bryce has for the city. You know, it's infectious, especially when you're the guy. And and Reese was one of those guys for so many years. He was the guy, even when times were were not so not so bright, right? And uh, every year when we're like, oh, this is our year. You know, because we're Phillies fans, and we'll always say that he was the one that always gave us that little bit of hope, and 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 always was a had a flair for the dramatic. And, and I mean, and... it all started when he was in Double A, and it was him and Dylan uh, Cousins, and you're talking about the Bash Brothers at Reading, and these guys are hitting fifty plus home runs together in a season at Double A. It's like, when are we going to see these guys on the major league roster? And then. Reese comes up his rookie year and 18 home runs in 34 games. Well, that's the thing too, right? Like, is that this isn't a guy that you went out and got like this, like Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper's legacy in Philadelphia is going to be different than uh, Reese Hoskins. Just simply based off of the fact that what, like what they were expected to contribute and and how it was done. Like we acquired Bryce. Mm -hmm. He came in. And, 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 you know, of course he loved the city and everything that he does and whatever, but like, this is a homegrown guy. He came up through the ranks. This is, you know, those guys, you, you're one of, you're one of these kinds of Phillies fans. Like I'm like this with soccer. So you're, mm-hmm. you're heavily invested into the guys coming up through the, through, you know, the, the, the guys on loan and, and the guys at the, the, the under 23 teams, like the youth teams and stuff like that. And with the baseball, it's like your farm teams and you, you know, your double A, your triple A, your single A, like, who, who, where are we going to see these guys when I can't, this guy's shown so much promise. I can't wait to see him. And, and, you know, the fact that, like you said, he came in his rookie year just and did what he did. Like, yes. Tear, and yes. then like, like that, you know, that feels good as a fan. The Magneto helmet era of Reese Hoskins when he got hit in the jaw and he's wearing the double flaps on his batting helmet. Uh, the, the one moment I'll never forget is the the slow trot around the bases at City Field against the Mets when the night before Mets pitcher throws at Reese's head next night hits a home run takes over 30 seconds to trot around the bases and slow trots just all the way around that was the ultimate pimp move by Reese Hoskins to just say you want to play the game I'll play the game back what year was that? that was I want to say 2019 so back back at a time where bat flips were still taboo. So you do something like that instead. That's a, that's a baller move. Against a, a longtime rival, too. Yeah, that's a just baller makes move. It, yeah, it was 2019. And like to just slow try at a visiting stadium, 
just taking your good old time. Yeah, that's – if anything else screams, you know, I love being a Philadelphia mm-hmm. Philly, it's you do that against one of your one of your longtime rivals. And then, Incredible. you know, 2022, you make the playoffs. Reese gives the speech after the game. It's like, what's it mean to finally make the playoffs? And it's like, this is why we play. And then, you know, in the in the clubhouse, like, yelling, we did it after we clinched the playoffs. The bat spike against the Braves. Like is iconic. Does it the next day. The home runs against the Padres. Like, his final hit in a Phillies uniform was against the Astros in the World Series and a home run off Lance McCullers. It's the ultimate Reese Hoskins thing. Where, where do you rank him next to Mike Schmidt? Uh, he's higher on the list than he he's not Schmidt like franchise legend territory. Ryan Howard territory, or do, does Ryan Howard hold above him because of the World Series? I think the World Series and Ryan Howard's peak years were just so incredible. Mm-hmm. Like Reese is, is he's totally a Wall of Famer. Like, he's going to have that alumni weekend moment. And obviously, like, the Phillies do such a great job celebrating teams of the past that, like, mm-hmm. whenever they celebrate the 2022 National League champions, Reese Hoskins is going to be there. Like, Reese is almost in to a little bit of a lesser degree, I would say, but almost similar. Like, could make his way into, like, the John Cruck, like, lovable, beloved, like, type of character. Mm-hmm. Especially if, you know, he makes his way back, spends a little bit more time with the Phillies. Not that he wasn't here for a long time because obviously drafted by the team and then spent six seasons with the team. But I think he's like kind of in that crook category where everyone just loves him. And, you know, some people hated John Crook when he was playing on that 93 Phillies team if you were playing against them. And I think Reese kind of falls in that category where like, like you were saying, Bryce's legacy will be different, but I think Bryce finishes closer to uh, Mike Schmidt. That stratosphere. Because of the accolades, the the superstar mm-hmm. swagger that he has is very Mike Schmidt-esque, and I think if he continues on the tear, like Bryce Harper could go down as the greatest Philly of all time. Yeah. I mean, Bryce Harper could go down as, you know, one of baseball's greats as well. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's that. So not only, not only, you know, do we have a Philly great or potential Philly great on our hands, we have like a potential like one of the greatest to play the game type yeah. deal. And uh, I've been been talking to some people in the Phillies Twitter space because obviously we did it last year successfully. We had our our tailgate podcast for opening night. We're running that back this year. On March 30th, I believe it is. I want to pull up the correct date. Uh, the Saturday. 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 Uh, March 30th. I'm sorry. March 28th is opening day. Opening night, March 30th. Uh, we're running it back. And a lot of people have been asking, hey, we should. you guys should do more of these throughout the season. Thinking about doing one for Reese Hoskins' return because the Milwaukee Brewers come to town June 3rd to June 5th. Let us know. If you'd be down, because we'd be down to do the Reese Hoskins uh, welcome back, homecoming. Tailgate. Always love myself a good tailgate. And I've been talking to uh, 
fellow foodie, uh, Philaticus, on the on the tweet machine. Wait, 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 Kyle. We need to we need to talk off off, off pod. Been we've been we've been chatting, so there might be a little collab. Phil's, oh, Phil's tailgates. Hold on, I just got done crazy. watching both seasons of the Bear, dude. I am ready. Yes, like... chef. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, Phil's Twitter uh, is asking for the tailgates. So if they ask, we will come. Um, but yeah, shout out to Reese Hoskins. Shout out to Jamie Hoskins. Like two of the greatest. To, to roll through this city in quite some time. And Milwaukee, you guys got a good one. Take care of our boy mm-hmm. and uh, take care of Jamie. And, and I'm sure Brewers fans are going to fall in love with Reese Hoskins just as much as we did. Yeah. So shout out to Reese. Shout out to the Hoskins family. Shout out to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is in the United States. It's that basically is. almost Canada, but it's not Canada. I'm tr- I'm trying to do a great segue here, but like I, we, can- it's so hard to go from yeah. something so positive to to this, and yeah. I don't know, like like we've just been riffing. We've gone. Look, I'm back on the show. We have to talk about all four sports. I'm sorry that this is a long episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happens. And I mean, the Flyers are on a bit of a skid recently, three game losing streak, which sucks, but still. Uh find themselves in second place in the Metropolitan Division. And if it keeps rolling that way, more than likely are going to have some playoff hockey in this city, which is always fun. Um, could be without Carter Hart. Yeah, as, yikes. Uh, Big yikes. He has been granted an indefinite leave of absence uh, by the team. Danny Breer spoke to the media, I want to say today or yesterday, Um providing comments as much as he could about things um, said that they'd move at the discretion of the league. If this leave of absence is for what a lot of people are speculating it is, and it is an alleged incident. I want to put that at the forefront. This is all allegedly for now uh, because nobody has been tried or anything, but there is an alleged incident that happened in 2018 in Canada with the Canadian World Juniors team that involved five players who are current NHL players and an alleged sexual assault. Um, So trigger warning for anybody out there. Um, Carter Hart allegedly part of this. There's a lot of details, and we're not going to speak on it one way or the other, but there's no way to slice and dice this other than that it is not great it's giving duke lacrosse vibes and you know if this is true i don't want carter hart on this team moving forward i know fans of the the other teams involving the other players i'm sure feel the same way about those players it's just not a great situation um it's been one of those things it's been like a looming situation for years now that people like deep in with the flyers who never quit on them have discussed i've talked about it with dylan a bit and some other uh you know flyers fans and it was like damn that's crazy and then the beginning of this season carter hart's instagram goes private and it's like oh that's kind of interesting and now this happens and then the london ontario police department put out 
a statement today saying that, you know, a lot of people are wondering about this news with the alleged incident in 2018. They will be holding a press conference February 5th to discuss things, which to a lot of people's discretion feels like that's a long time away for that to kind of transpire. I'm sure some of that has to do with those five players involved turning themselves in because they have been requested to turn themselves in. Um, no matter how it, it comes through, I personally don't see Carter Hart playing for this team the rest of the season, which from a pure hockey standpoint sucks for this team because they're playing so well in a year that was supposed to be a year one of a rebuild, but obviously there's bigger things than winning hockey games. And if this is the case, get that guy off our hockey team. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. So Sam Erson will be your, your starting goalie for the foreseeable future. And Danny Breer talked about how, their trajectory for him is not to be in every game starting goalie in this league and he's still young and they don't want to put that pressure on him and they don't want him to have that expectation for himself which i think is super smart um but sam erson has been having a phenomenal season so far for the flyers in the games that he has played um and it has been very nice to have a tandem of goalkeepers that have just been playing extremely well. Like, to put it in perspective here with Sam Erson's season, stats-wise, he's 12-7-3, has a 2-4-4 goals against average, and a .905 save percentage, three shutouts, and I believe he's undefeated or only has one of those losses in a shootout. Somehow the Flyers have turned out to be a fantastic shootout team this year, Dom, which you tell us that in 2018 and we're like, what the fuck? Listen, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't, I, you'll get me here. I don't follow the Flyers that much anymore. Um, we haven't for a while on this show either. This is the first time. Kind of like, time you know, how I'm not talked about the Sixers. I'm not, I, I'm not buying in. I can't buy in, but I did see that highlight of the, I don't know the guy's name. He's got red hair. Owen Tippett. He that goal he scored that little twister yeah. move. Good lord, dude! You want to oh know? My you know the drag, the backhand, cross the body, top corner, dirty, absolutely disgusting. We got him when we traded Claude Drew to the Florida Panthers. He was the player that came back. Stupid! What was that, man? That was, that was crazy, dirty. You want to talk about you know being good at a shootout? You can do that in a game. With, was with, the, with defense on you, and to you do that some, against the team skills, in the Dallas Stars that have Stanley Cup aspirations this year, yeah, is oh crazy. God. And yeah, I mean, and 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 we're only going to get a little bit better, considering you know how uh, what's his name's career ends up going on with the next like couple seasons in Russia. Yeah, Matvey Michkov. Yeah, that dude is a stud. So, that's what I'm saying. 19 like, like, years old and he's body bodying grown dudes in Russia. Mm-hmm. When when he finally comes over, it's like it's like I'm talking about Darius Hart. Yeah, literally. When he when he finally <laughs> comes to the team, 
Like, we'll so go. this is, this is, this is, you know, we've been talking about front office moves and stuff like this is kind of what the Flyers organization needs to realize. It's like, get a coach in now. Right. Which I think, Which I think a lot of people are, are behind torts, right? Like oddly enough, if yeah. you would have told us this years ago, it's like, there, yeah, is going to be yeah. the guy. Well, we would have called you crazy. This is why I've been so confused when I see Flyers stuff on Twitter is because I'm like, there's no way this. It feels like an feels, alternate universe. Yeah, there's no way that people feel this way about the Flyers right now with this guy in charge, right? Like, I couldn't believe it. But you know, he's fighting for his but He's doing the same thing Nick does. He's doing the mm-hmm. same thing. He's taking he's taking a hit for a lot of his players. He's, he's, doing, he's doing things to motivate the players and let them have fun and understand, you know, how to build this team. And I think, you know, this is what you do, right? You've got this guy that, you drafted third overall, you know, you need to prepare the team so that he's that final puzzle piece so that you can finally start making a run. You've got a coach that has been there for a little bit. You've got that longevity. You've got players that are starting to grow together because they want to play for the Flyers. They want that orange and black badge. They want to play for that. You just arguably traded for a number one defenseman because a 19-year-old kid didn't want to play here. That that's a whole crazy story too. Like what is what is the drama that surrounds the Philadelphia Flyers right now? Like this is the thing though. As you're building, you're gonna have to take your licks and take like these kind of things, right? Nineteen. What does he get off? How does he get off? Nineteen. You know, we talk. Why does everything? Why do all of our conversations come full circle? Or is it just me? Like we talk about ego driven guys. It's crazy. You want you want the best example of that? Nineteen years old. You think that you know better than the Philadelphia Flyers? You don't want to play for us? That's crazy. And didn't want to talk crazy. to any of the people in the front office. Refused that's, to have a conversation with. That's the not the type of player that you want. In your Danny Briere and Patrick Sharp. Like show what some are respect. You doing? Show some goddamn respect. And I don't care what organization it is. If anybody that used to play for the team is in that front office and they want to talk to you to ask what went wrong, and you're not giving them the time of day. No. See ya. No. I don't know if I don't know how any team will want to sign him after seeing that like there's got to be some team like no good team is going to do it well the fact that danny briere was able to get jamie drysdale who looks like he could be a number one defenseman on this team skates like unbelievable compared to any defenseman i've seen on this flyers team potentially in my lifetime and then you also got a second round pick from anaheim for this kid who's never played a single second in the nhl danny briere swindled pulled a howie roseman and that's the fun part about the flyers right now too is there was such low expectations Mm -hmm. because it was like oh rebuild new gm former player new vp of hockey operations former player former radio host who was making fart jokes on the radio for years on the morning show on wip what what could possibly come from this and keith jones and danny briere said we got this and have done a phenomenal job in yep. eight months yep. of being in charge of the Philadelphia Flyers. We love it. We love it. It's, it's fun. And I said, you this know, is step if, one, if they make the playoffs, we're going to have a fun playoff hockey live streams because we have a Rangers fan and Steven McAvoy and a Boston Bruins fan and Pat Pitts who work for this company alongside me and Dylan on hockey live sick. streams. Good night. Makes me sick. Makes <laughs> me sick, man. We are going to have a time with playoff hockey. Look, that just shows the type of uh, organization we are, 
-hmm. right? We are called Underground Sports Philadelphia, and we have other people that work with us that are fans of non-Philadelphia sports teams. And you know what? It is what it is because it brings content. It provides, mm -hmm. it provides outside viewpoints that we can riff off of and make them feel bad when our team is better. I mean, the fact that we have a golf podcast hosted by two Mets fans should say how great of people we are. Yeah, we're just throwing things out now. <laughs> providing all the courtesy. We're out here. Um, no, but go subscribe to Get in the Hole. They're doing a fantastic job. And uh, got some fun content on the way coming this weekend with them. So um, one last thing I wanted to uh, ask you, because it's official and they're going to be playing for a trophy in a couple of weeks. We got a lacrosse team in town, field lacrosse-wise. How you feel about the Water Dogs being Philadelphia's team? Uh, I mean, they they got rid of Chrome. They did, but I'm sad. We said this on sad. OTB. But, Go check it out. I don't think Chrome's gone forever. No, they won't be. They'll come back. The jerseys are too fire. They just have to find a home. Our Look. whole our whole thing is uh, they'll be the Midwest team. They'll go to Columbus. They'll be the Columbus Chrome, mm -hmm. and their throwbacks will be Ohio Machine jerseys. It's a good idea. I like that. I like that take. Uh, Water Dogs, coached by a good coach. Got some very likable players, some very talented players on that team. Um, happy. That'll be cool. I'll, ha I'll have to add some purple to my wardrobe. But, uh, you know, I think it'll be a good time. I like that they're ditching the tour. Well, they're not I ditching the tour. Or, or – Oh, oh. Tour's still in place, but oh. when they go to the home market of a team, that team will play a doubleheader. Mm, okay. I see I see the vision, right? So they're still bringing they're, everybody they're, to one spot, bringing the a, game to the people. And at the same time, you're building regional fan bases so that when you finally get to the point of settling down in different markets, you have these markets built up. Okay, I, and okay, Rables, I see you guys. And then you have two neutral site games in two markets that have done phenomenal this year in particular in Minneapolis and Fairfield, Connecticut. And then your all-star nice. game for a second straight year is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Nice, nice. Which did yeah. strong numbers Roll last the game, year. let's do it. Let's get it. I love it. Yeah, Water Dogs playing at Villanova it. this year, June 14th Ooh. to the 16th is their homecoming weekend. And... Uh, Andy Copeland will be coming on this show pretty soon too, which nice. is exciting. So, nice. plus we got nice. we got nice. Montgomery County's own Michael Sowers playing for the squad. So, and listen, if not, if 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 any of you have made it this far in the pod, if any of you don't really watch lacrosse, but you're looking to try to maybe get involved, especially the fact that you know there's a Philadelphia team in, yeah, in the year PLL. round lacrosse now. Let's let's talk about let's talk about this kid Michael Sowers, okay? He is Mikey incredible. Sowers. Listen, Mikey Sowers, listen, bro. Like, listen, if you don't know about Michael Sowers, dude, like this kid is incredible. Like he got the listen. best hokey mouth they saw at a Delaware okay. River, bro. Am, am I crazy? He's the AI of lacrosse. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna go all. out and say that no. <laughs> Completely listen. agree with that take. Listen, uh, because this, he's electric, and, and, and so he plays a position called attack. He's basically offensive. Uh, depending on the team and the way that they're coached, the identity, the, 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 he plays X, so he plays behind the net. Normally, 
and certain coaching schemes and stuff, that guy's the point guard of the team. He's electric. He can beat guys on like a lacrosse equivalent of a crossover. He'll put the stick behind his back, through his legs sometimes because he's just – my old heads, the people who know lacrosse, listen, he's like Mikey Powell, and I don't think that's too crazy to say either. This guy is legit, legitimate. And he is, you know, the kind of marquee player you want for your organization to bring fans in, especially people who are just starting to get into the sport. Look up Princeton highlights for Michael Sowers. Look up, like he went to Duke after the COVID and all that other type of stuff. Look up his college highlights and, and then report back to me and, and you'll understand why I, I'm talking about this guy like this. Dude, plus um, this team I'm has... not exaggerating anything when I'm saying this. Like team's got Kieran McArdle who's one of the most underrated top 10 players of all time in terms of mm-hmm. scoring. Dylan Ward is our goalie. You want to talk about nasty? You want, you want to talk about experience? The incredible goalie. Like, you got guys like Ben Randall. You got guys like Liam Burns, Eli Gobrecht on that defense. Mm-hmm. You got somebody like Jake Carraway. You want to talk about swagger on that team? Jake Carraway. Um, trying to think of who else is, is rocking on that team off the top of the dome but i mean they're fun and when i brought it up to matt he said you know purple's a unique color not every city gets a team with purple it's true. in their color scheme so we got one of the unique logos one of the unique color schemes and uh this is not an ad but you know we love supporting the pll from february 14th to the 19th all on espn championship series sixes style lacrosse going down at the saint james we're gonna be down there Water dogs playing for a trophy, hopefully bringing it home to Philadelphia. Oh. Uh, the sixes is fun too. That shit, that shit is exciting. It's I so love fun, it. Dude. It's I love so it. fast paced. I love like, it. Like if you are a fan of basketball or hockey and you want to take a, a nice little foot in the water. That's a good way to get it. Yeah, that's a good way to get introduced. Sixes is going to captivate you like no other. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ethan Walker's on this team. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about a dog, Jack Hanna, as well? This team's full of yes, sir. just absolute dogs, no pun intended. That's all we got for you guys on this one. Uh, make sure you're following us on the socials at Underground mm-hmm. PHI, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI, Twitch.tv slash Underground Sports PHI, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And you can follow Dom at a hairy ape FUT. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Apple, Kyle. Spotify, Dom. No, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt. Subscribe you. on Apple and Spotify. Keep it rolling. I thought we, I have, timed it. we have the second most Spotify followers for this show in particular in the company. Our Spotify grew a ton this year, according to our wrapped. Let's keep it going. Let's keep mm-hmm. the Spotify numbers rolling. Uh, And, of course, the Apple Podcast numbers as well. Leave a five-star review. It helps the show continue to grow, helps us hit new milestones. So keep subscribing on audio. What you got? Uh, Speaking of audio, uh, I wanted to ask you on the pod uh, because I I didn't get to answer as many as I thought I would on Twitter. Um, Give me a Little Wayne deep cut, and I'll rate it. Then I'll tell you mine because I, I have a good one. So, like, we've talked about this. He's the goat. So, what? You, just first one that comes to your mind. First one. Uh, don't think. Don't just think through it because the first one that comes to your mind is the one that 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 
It's not a deep cut, but it's a unique one. Right above it is Mm. something that people don't appreciate enough. From I'll tell you this: that song, when we were in high school, so you're talking the early 2010s. That song is on every basketball team's warm-up playlist. You know how I got introduced to that song? The summer before that album came out, Jason Worth used to walk up to write above it. It's a, it's a, it's a very good pump-up song. I will give that a 9.5 out of 10, Kyle. I will give you that one. That is a very good one. It's an underrated That's, album from Wayne. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. I go a different route. I pick Mixtape Wayne because Mixtape Wayne is the greatest rapper ever. And this is off maybe his greatest mixtape ever. Uh, No ceilings. And it is four and a half minutes of straight bars. If you know the song Shoes. Oh. Off of No Ceilings. Of course you do. Because it is four and a half minutes. No hook. Wayne just going in, and he doesn't stop. He just goes. There's no pauses, letting the beat build or whatever. Like, no, he just goes, goes, goes. I listened to it on my way home from work today. I had to so play good. it back at the end. I had to so play it back. And I'm yelling, screaming. People are probably looking at me like I'm crazy as I'm driving in traffic just because that song gets me pumped up. So, yeah, I say that's a perfect 10 out of 10. Yours is a nine and a half out of ten. Uh, I had a good one on the on the thread, but I'm gonna leave that to the listeners to go and check out, so you guys can leave me yours. I wanna, I wanna leave it in the YouTube comment section too. Yeah, put it in the comments. I'm gonna start this like once a week, like whether it's on top bins or I'll give it to you and you can talk about it on the show. Like, I'm gonna think of an artist and just drop a drop a song. Let me know. I got a fun one for top bins that we're about to record right after this show. So. With a different artist that I'm just thrilled people are finally giving his flowers. Um, Leave your Lil Wayne song choice in the YouTube comment section and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We're at 725 subscribers. We're that much closer to 1,000, which then we go on that big old journey to 100K so we can get a silver play button hanging up in this studio back here. Then maybe I'll actually be consistent with my own YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Let's get to 800 subscribers sooner rather than later. And uh, all the video content from our company is on our YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Get your merch at phiapparel.co. Code Underground for 10% off your order. And, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 606 of Underground Sports Philadelphia.
Nah, no way. Yeah, bro. Six oh six. Six oh six. We're in we're in Lilo and Stitch Alien territory. Season six. Essentially. Not even no actually. Six years that. coming up in two weeks. Crazy. Time flies when your podcast is fun. We're old. We're old, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys on the next one, but until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. We're signing off. Peace. I'm